Man Up, brought to you by Construction Professionals, a program dedicated to inspiring and helping men live lives of heroic virtue. Join Joe Stopulus and Father Zach Kowski every Monday at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio. And now, it's time to man up. Another year goes by, more beers, more Welcome to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. We are broadcasting today from the Mercy Live Up Studios. Heard on 1150 AM, 88.5 FM, and around the globe, at 94.5 FM, can't forget the last one, and around the globe, streaming online at iowacatholicradio.com. Also, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. I am Joe Stopulus, along with Father Zach Kautsky. Today we will be joined by the great Dr. Peter Kraft, and we will discuss his newest book, How to Be Holy. Father Zach, let's say some prayers. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, you have called me out of darkness into your own marvelous light, and set me free from slavery to sin, and released me from bondage to fear. Thank you for giving me new life in baptism. Thank you for giving me eternal life through the resurrection of Christ. Help me to live a holy life, to be humble, to bring others to you, and open my eyes to see your plans for me. As we pray, Hail Mary, full Full of grace, grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed blessed art thou amongst women, women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother Mother of God, God, pray for for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Where'd you get that prayer? I just came up with it. There's no way you just came up with that in the spot. <laughs> I liked it a lot. That was really good. Yeah, thanks. And, and apropos for the I topic think of the day. So I want, wanted to talk about holiness. I got so. that. That was I, I caught that in the prayer. <laughs> I wrote the whole prayer. I wrote the whole right now. That was very good. So uh, you just got back. I haven't seen you in a while. You just got back from the 2017 Fall Priest Workshop. Uh, which is in Omaha, Nebraska, right? That's right. So we have every year a workshop for the I hope this is on something with holiness in some way, shape, or form. It but. was. We have a, a workshop every year for the priests of the diocese, and Bishop Pates is there as well. We alternate cities. This year it was in Omaha. That's so not always, even in our diocese. Is that okay? Yes. We usually go out of the diocese, okay. and so I feel a little bit of power go out. Yeah. You know. They need help. As we cross yeah, the Nebraska yeah, yeah. <laughs> border. And our... Our, we have a different topic every year, and so our topic this year was about ministry to millennials. Okay. And so we had kind of three full days of prayer together and some talks in the morning, and then really afternoons were, were free. Um, a couple of us, during our free time yesterday... I think did, I saw pictures of this. ...did an escape room. Have you yeah, heard of I an have. escape room? I've done those before. I've done one. Yeah. We did two back-to-back and set a record. Yeah, it's not the time because we got out so fast. Left. Yeah, we got out in thirty minutes. Do they have an hour time? One was Revolutionary War themed. And you had, I had to imagine Father Adam Westfall was a, was a killer on this. He he's, kind of well, he had done really it good. like four times. Yeah, he's before. really good. So he kind of so, just okay. took the lead. Yeah. All right, this is we're getting off topic. So you talked about millennials. And, talked about millennials. And how to how to minister to them. How what to, were the major takeaways you guys you got out of that? So we had a, a great panel of actual millennials, uh, people that work in the church, but also those who are active in their faith, those who have been away from their faith and come back through through really uh, the church. I think, you know, one of the, some of the most important things we heard from them is really that they want the faith. They want the authentic faith. They don't want it watered down. Uh, they want a challenge. They are open to a demanding, you know, the gospel is demanding, mm-hmm. you know, it, it Jesus asked for everything, you know, and that's that's a joy to give up our life. And 
And so I think one thing is they're perhaps tired of in the past, not enough being asked of them and having the, the gospel and the Christian life maybe reduced to something that's, yeah, it's easy or it's yeah. being nice. And really what they say is we want a challenge. We are up for this and, uh, we're up for the challenge here. Well, how great would it be? Because, I mean, I've, I am on the tail end of, like, the beginning of the millennials, tail end of Generation Y or whatever it is. The millennials, especially the ones who I, I am in a subgroup of millennials, like, I'm mm-hmm. not really a millennial because I don't use technology. You don't self-identify don't as self, a millennial. I don't self-identify as a millennial. But they get, a, obviously, a very bad rap for not working hard and all those other things. That's just a generalization um, that is thrown upon millennials. I think it would be great, especially going forward to the church, if, if they took that and said, you know what? We do want we do want a challenge. We want to come overcome this challenge. And the Catholic Church, as we've talked about many times in the show, is the ultimate challenge. There's, I mean, it, to to live the Catholic faith, do the Catholic thing, is a major challenge. And that's why a lot of people don't do it. They're scared to do it. And I, man, that would be awesome if the, if we could get if we get that message out there. That if you're looking for a real challenge, uh, there's no better place to do it. And uh, in the next segment, we're going to have the great Dr. Peter Crafton uh, to do- dive through his book, How to Be Holy, which is going to be a challenge to all of us on how to live every moment of our lives growing in holiness. So stick around, and after this short break, we'll be back with Dr. Peter Kraft. Friends, what's the one thing you buy that you hope you'll never use? Insurance. That's why you want to make sure you're protected ahead of time. Your family, home, car, and business. Robert Coda and his team at Farm Bureau Financial Services can help make sure you're protected. My Welcome to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. We are broadcasting from the Mercy Live Up Studios, heard on 1150 AM, 88.5 FM, and 94.5 FM, around the globe, streaming online at iowacatholicradio.com and on the Iowa Catholic Radio app. I am Joe Stopulis, along with Father Zakowski, and today we are joined by Dr. Peter Kraft. Dr. Kraft is a professor of philosophy at Boston College and the King's College. He's the author of over... 75 books, I believe that's correct, as well as a popular writer of Christian philosophy, theology, and apologetics. His books include Socrates Meets Jesus, Everything You Need to Know About Heaven, Jesus Shock, Summa of the Summa, Prayer for Beginners, and many other great books. And today, he's going to join us to talk about his newest book, How to Be Holy. Dr. Graved, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Well, we had a, a, a listener question already posed to us and that is to Great. settle once and for all is it creeft creft or craft oh that's a profound question <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's like the irishman and the englishman arguing about whether you say uh neither or neither and the scotsman settled it and he said it's neither <laughs> uh, it's craft it's the dutch name it means okay. lobster it means lo- like crayfish Right, and since my first name, Peter, means rock, I'm a rock lobster, so I'm edible. <laughs> All right, so now it's been settled. The debate is over. We've settled. On. See, the Man Up show is doing big things, guys. Okay. All right, so we're discussing your book, uh, the How to Be Holy. And after you've written, we, we are estimating somewhere around 75 books. Uh, you wanted to write another one. How, why did you decide to write this one? Well, because I read a very good and simple book that uh, helped me a little bit significantly uh, in that uh, great struggle, which is ultimately the meaning of life. It was Abandonment to Divine Providence by uh, uh, de Cossard, who's a, a French cleric of the 19th century. Uh, and I 
uh, gelled over the fundamental idea that if God is God, uh, he's totally trustable, and that's the, the first key to being holy. It's basically Romans 8.28. If God is God, all things work together for good, and we have to put absolutely everything in our lives into his hands. When did you read the book? Oh, a couple times. Once okay. many years ago, and once again uh, a year or so ago. Uh, and then when I read it the second time, I said, oh, wow, this can easily be translated into a simple practical book that's going to help a lot of people. Well, I think that seems to be your, your claim to fame in the Catholic Church, is that you have the ability to distill uh, things that can be complex and make them nice and easy and digestible for people like me who need help. So thank you. I think God gave me a gift. I'm not terribly bright. I'm bright, but not terribly bright. Most philosophers are a lot brighter than I am. So they write learned articles, and they're profound, and only other philosophers can understand them. Well, it's great. I I write for Joe Sixpack. Well, I agree with that, and I'm Joe Sixpack. I like to drink Sixpacks, and my name's Joe, so this works out well. And, (laughs) I mean, so when people call you, I'm like, you know, kind of a modern-day C.S. Lewis, you're taking C.S. Lewis's works and just making them work for me. So I appreciate that, darn it. Uh, Can you define holiness for us? Holy literally means set apart or sacred, Uh, but it's not really to be defined negatively, set apart from the world or from unholiness. Basically to be defined positively, set apart for God. So holy means totally dedicated to God. In a sense, all of our lives have to be holy. But the conscious effort to make them holier uh, is is the struggle. For the average layperson who is working a job, maybe nine to five, or working the night shift, and has several children and and spousal duties and a lot of uh, things going on in their life, they're busy, and they really are, I think, trying to be engaged in their faith life. Yep. How can they, when they're in the midst of that kind of struggle and that? chaos at times, how can they be set apart? How can they wholly dedicate their life to God? Well, the first thing I have to say in answer to that question is that there's a hidden presupposition in that question, which is mistaken. Namely, that ordinary life and busyness in this world is an obstacle to being holy. It's not. That's an attitude that's associated with clericalism, the idea that only clerics can be holy because only they are consciously doing religious things all the time. Uh, God deliberately designed uh, everybody's life, including the life of the laity, and that's the standard life. Uh, The laity isn't there for the clergy, the clergy is there for the laity. And the Pope is the servant of the servants of God. So uh, we've usually got it upside down. And ever since Vatican II, and even earlier than that, uh, our spiritual masters have reminded us that uh, this is the age of the laity, and holiness is for everybody, and all of life can be and should be sanctified. So we had this conversation with uh, Father John Ricardo recently where he was saying you know, the best advice he ever got was to have an hour day of prayer, and I kind of pushed back a little bit and said, listen, I'm, you know, I've got three young kids. It's hard for me to to find that time. What suggestions do you have uh, to, to a guy like myself who, you know, I've got, an, a, as Father Zach pointed out, I have a job that I hopefully don't get fired from, Father, right? Hopefully you, not. Yeah, hopefully not. Continue to do that for my family. But but balancing that, where what is what's some rec, what are some recommendations you have for that? There's no one size fits all answer to that question. Uh, Father Ricardo is profoundly right about that, as about everything. He's terrific. Uh, but I, 
don't think you can measure out quantitatively exactly how much everybody in each station of life should devote to prayer. Uh, another answer is that prayer isn't simply the prayer that is is taken out from ordinary life. You can pray while you're doing things. The Benedictine motto, ora et labora, pray and work, doesn't mean you pray half the day and you work half the day. It means that your work is part of your prayer. So what I hear you saying is there's maybe a false distinction going on between the, I don't want to say the sacred and the secular, but we tend to maybe uh, separate things too much. Yep. The Jesuits uh, are... uh, Masters at that, I think. There's there's a lot of problems in the Jesuit order today, but uh, I went to Marquette uh, they're, University, they're so you got to watch what you say here, okay? <laughs> but their fundamental charism is profoundly right and and very relevant to the modern world, namely seeing God in all things. Mm-hmm. That's not just for clergy; that's for laity. Yeah. Uh, for instance, Teilhard de Chardin, who I think is kind of flaky and not totally trustable as a theologian, wrote a very simple, wonderful, practical book called The Divine Milieu, which is how to see God in the secular, which is, I think, uh, the heart of, of Jesuit spirituality, and I think we all need that. And one of the uh, one of the quotes you have on the beginning of the book, you have what are the ten reasons you should read this book, which I think is great. Hopefully, you know, if, if you're reading it, that kind of sets you up for it. But uh, Decosad said, uh, "What is the secret to finding treasure to this treasure, which is holiness? There isn't one. The treasure is everywhere. It is offered to all of the, to all of us at all time, wherever we are." So I think that speaks to what you're saying that it, it can be anywhere. You just have to look for it where you're at. Yes, and that's one of the differences between Christianity and paganism. Paganism had gods that were localized, or gods that were only for for one area of life. But the Christian God created the entire universe and designed the entire universe and every event in your life, and not a hair falls from your head without the will of the Father. And therefore, everything, literally everything, is an opportunity for sanctification. So, for instance, for instance, suffering or disease. Uh, it's more difficult to pray when you're suffering. And a disease is like a tyrant that says, well, look at me, look at me, look at me, and it's hard to uh, to focus your mind. And yet, uh, as Fulton Sheen very often said, uh, suffering is too precious to waste. Offer it to God. It's powerful. One of the, uh, again, back to the beginning of the book, one of the quotes you have is, if you put all of the ideas that all of humans have come up with on a scale, it would be like an elephant on one end of the seesaw, and a hill of ants on the other. And that idea is that God is real, right? So having an understanding that that striving for holiness and and trying to live a a life set apart, you you have to have the knowledge of God, of the existence of God. And I know you've written uh, fairly extensively on on the arguments for the existence of God. Are there any books that either of yours or someone else's that you would point people to to say, if you're looking to strengthen that first step, that first step of the existence of God that you would point them to? Well, proving God's existence is not nearly as important as most people think it is, although it is important. But practicing God's presence is is the key to translating that objective truth into your personal life. This is why another of my favorite books is uh, Brother Lawrence's The Practice of the Presence of God, Mm -hmm. Uh, a very short, very simple book, but immensely practical. Uh, sanity means living in the real world, and in the real world, God is present everywhere, and is the ultimate meaning of everything. Therefore, insofar as we forget God, we're insane. So it's not it's not just being holy; it's being sane. Uh, holiness and, and 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 sanity are really ultimately the same thing. So it, it starts with that mental attitude 
uh, I don't think it starts with proofs or, or reasoning, although there's a need for that, but it starts with attention. If you see God everywhere, uh, you'll, you'll act accordingly with, with much less effort than if you don't. That doesn't mean you have to feel him everywhere. You see him by faith. You have to see God as, as, as omnipresent. It's not a trick. He's really there. Perhaps one of the attitudes that we're encountering and the clergy have, I think, related to people is that to be a saint is to be nice. To be holy is just to be a, ni- a nice guy. What's your answer to that? What's your response? Uh, could you repeat that question? I didn't get all of it. I said one of the prevailing notions that I think clergy and I think clergy have passed on to the laity maybe is that to be holy, to be a saint, means to be a nice guy. <laughs> yeah, like Jesus, they, they they take nice guys and nail them to crosses. Now Jesus is <laughs> yeah. not a nice guy. Uh, this is this is probably why almost nobody has ever written good Jesus fiction. Uh, it's easy to write fiction about either historical characters or fictional characters who are nasty. And it's easy to write fiction about characters who are nice. But Jesus is neither nasty nor nice. He's unique. The only the only person, I think, who ever wrote successful Jesus fiction was C.S. Lewis in the Chronicles of Narnia. And he did it by making Jesus into a lion in another world, Narnia. Uh, and one of the things they say about Aslan, the great lion, is he's he's not safe, but he's good. So one of the quotes from your book that I got in front of me that I that really spoke to me was, uh, spectacular heroism, even martyrdom, is easy. The daily grind is hard. Many can respond to emergencies heroically. Few can keep up their charity day to day, especially when no one notices. Could you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah. Take, take any public hero that you've heard of, like the, the first responders at 9-11. Uh, most of them risked their lives to save other lives. The uh, heroism was normal that day. Uh, and yet every one of them, I think, without exception, uh, had difficulty practicing that heroism of the daily grind. They probably went back home and complained to their families and, and bad-mouthed their kids and then forgot to pray. Uh, what's, what's hard is, in a sense, what's easy. Uh, the easy little stuff every day. And what's surprisingly easier is what's really hard, namely uh, heroic acts of self-sacrifice, which you suddenly perceive the need of. Do you have any suggestions on how we can get in the habits uh, to make the, uh, what would you call the, what seems easy, but is actually hard, the daily grind, to, to be more effective and be more successful in that? Well, one of the great pieces of advice in Brother Lawrence's little book, The Practice of the Presence of God, is Brother Lawrence says, I, I, I fall hundreds of times a day, and every time I fall, I get up and I say to God, see, that's what happens if you don't give me enough grace. Let's start again. <laughs> You're going to fall off the horse over and over again, and you keep getting back on the horse, because that's the only horse there is. Yeah. Well, you are a professor at Boston College, and so you've, you are well-experienced with young people. I'm curious if there are objections uh, to either the faith or to uh, to growing in holiness that you're seeing today out of the out of this new generation, this rising generation. I am 
sometimes naive and underestimate how stupid or wicked people are. But on this question, uh, I'm cynical, and I underestimate how people want to be holy, because whenever, in any circumstance, I, I talk about this, uh, I never get objections. I never say, ah, oh, I can't do that. They're, they're listening. They're, the human heart is made for holiness. Deep down, we know that the meaning of life is to be a saint. So if anybody can give us any advice about that, we're all ears. Have you seen college students change in their receptivity to it at all uh, in the last 10, 20 years? I'm not an expert on that. I'm neither a sociologist nor do I know enough college students or a cross-section of them to to say. Uh, I think the most important answer to that question is human nature has not fundamentally changed, and it never will. It never will. Yeah, exactly. Uh, This is a, uh, a very important question. As a professor at Boston College, do you actively cheer against Notre Dame when they play football? Or are you okay with them? Well, Boston College and Notre Dame are not the the dark side of the force and the bright side of the force. <laughs> <laughs> They're both the good guys. So it's a, it's like it's like the Red Sox and the Yankees. We Red Sox fans pretend to hate the Yankees, but we really love them because if they didn't exist, we'd we'd have nobody to hate. We have to hate real people. Okay, that's good. That's a really good answer. You should be a politician. A that was good. <laughs> Doctor Craft, you've written three works on about surfing and spirituality of surfing i know you like to surf i've seen a couple of videos i think of you surfing can you give us a quick uh your ideas on surfing and that spirituality because i think that's really interesting well above all it teaches me two things one it teaches me to listen to listen to the wave uh, to listen to what's happening to listen to the ocean which is which is music uh and I guess this is not for everybody, but I've got ADD, and I get bored very easily. <laughs> yep. And I finish one out of ten books that I start, and I haven't watched any complete TV program except sports through for years. Uh, and yet I don't get bored by waves. I, I listen to them. They're, they're fascinating. And that helps me to listen to God and to listen to other people. Uh, whatever you love, you want to listen to. Uh, great music, for instance. And that habit of listening... Uh, is much more important than we think. Kierkegaard often said in his journals, uh, if I were allowed to prescribe one remedy for all the ills of the modern world, I would start with silence. Because even if the word of God is proclaimed, we're not going to hear it with our hearts unless there's interior silence. I so li- that's one thing that he does. Whether you surf on it or just look at it. The other thing it does is it... It shows you how your submission to the wave of divine providence is an active thing. We usually divide our lives into two parts, the the receptive, like faith and hope, uh, and the active, good works. But when you're surfing a wave, that's that's an activity, and yet if you don't conform to the wave, you're going to get wiped out. And everything comes in waves in this world. Well, wave is the fundamental form of all energy. So I think God's providence also comes in waves, and we have to learn how to surf them. Uh, Dr. Crave, I think it's a perfect way to end. Thank you so much for that. And where can our listeners get your books? Uh, Amazon.com uh, or the publishers. Most of them are from Ignatius Press, also St. Augustine's Press, and InterVarsity Press. I'm going to go out on a limb and say I think Divine Treasures here in Des Moines probably has a few of them. I was, in a, I was actually in a meeting, a business meeting today, and one of your books is on the guy's shelf. So just an FYI, they're everywhere, but you can find them uh, at any of the places that just mentioned. So thank you again, uh, Dr. Crave, for, for joining us today on Man Up. You're welcome. God bless you. Thanks stick, for having me. Stick around after the break, and we'll be right back after these short messages. My help comes from you. You 
Welcome back to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio, and what a treat that was. That uh, was. That was interesting. He's just he's one of the foremost experts of all things Catholic. Uh, and if if you aren't well well situated, I don't know with with uh, Dr. Craith and his writings, go out, listen mm-hmm. to all of his talks, listen to go buy books of his. It is a it's an ocean of knowledge that the guy has, and he does it in such a way that anyone can understand it. Uh, so you need to go. You need to go get out and just listen to talks and buy books. And so, he's got a lot of talks on uh, PeterCraft.com. dot mm-hmm. yep. uh, Kraft is K R E E F T. Mm-hmm. PeterCraft.com. dot com, and he's got. I mean, it's the nature of evil, the nature of knowledge. Um, very simple. Very very interesting to hear. You know, five reasons to be Catholic. It talks about you know the spirituality of surfing. All these different things. So it's really great. Any topic you want, basically. Yeah. Angels and demons. Yeah. That's great. It's all really, really good stuff. So go out and get that. Uh, Father Zach, your major takeaways from that conversation. Well, I think he, did, he Dr. Crafe does a great job always of making, as a philosopher, proper distinctions. And so maybe the these ideas that we have ingrained in us that, for example, that um, if we're living in the world, then we can't be holy. You know, these ideas that we somehow have to get away from our vocation in order to be holy, I think he kind of reminds us that that's, that's not true. Like holiness is be found everywhere. Yeah. Uh, whether it's getting up in the night with your child who's crying, uh, whether it's, you know, even the simple act of driving or, uh, surfing Being at work, doing your job, whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. And so I think uh, it's great, uh, especially for the laity who are really on the front lines and who aren't, you know, in the church all day because mm-hmm. they can't be, and they shouldn't, shouldn't be, they yeah. have families, uh, to remind them that, Maybe our notion of holiness is not always what we think it is. Yeah. Uh, we often think just being on our knees, hands folded, but it's more than that. Yeah. So go out and get the book "How to Be Holy" uh, by Peter Crave. The other, the other thing is we actually talked off air with him for a little bit, and I had to share mm-hmm. this little tidbit. Was he mentioned that if you could only have one page of one of the seventy-five books he's written and made everyone read it, it would be Jesus Shock. Page is a book, and it's chapter. chapter two, and it's a quiz. And I won't give you the answers to that, but it's worth looking at. It's a little book called Jesus Shock. I believe it's available at Divine Treasures or online. And it's a quiz. And, uh, yeah, for me, that is the most memorable thing he has written. And that's what he said off air, that without Father Zach saying anything, that that was if he could give one page to everyone in the world that they had to read, it would be that one page. So go Shock. out, Go out and get it. And uh, as we mention every time, which is very important, Iowa Catholic Radio is – Listener supported. So please consider t- making a tax deductible donation today at iowacatholicradio.com. And thank you again for joining us today on Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. For Father Zach Kautsky, I am Joe Stopulus. It's time to man up. Man Up, inspiring men to live out their call to holiness with Joe Stopulus and Father Zach Kautsky. Heard Mondays at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio. Brought to you by Construction Professionals.